uh, reading from Deuteronomy. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, and thirsty and waterless land, and the venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that, you, so that in the end you might go, it might go well with you. <clears throat> you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord, your God, and follow other gods, and worship, and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the, the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Word of God for the world. Will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks that your love has found us that your love nourishes us and provides our very foundation. And when we are in tune with that, we can't help but be grateful, even as life does not always feel like something to be grateful for. When we have you in our lives, we have enough. Help us to hold on and stay rooted in the foundation of your love for us and for this world. Grant us grace when we hold ourselves to higher standards of perfection than you do. And help us to reclaim our sense of gratitude that we are part of your beloved community. So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you this day. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as we've talked about, Thursday is coming. Thursday of this week marks the 
24th time in our country's history that we have collectively acknowledged this day as one set aside to give thanks. Because I believe that if we don't remember our history, we are doomed to repeat it. I think it's worth noting that 154 years ago, the year was 1863, a year when giving thanks took real effort. Because 1863 was the bloodiest year of the Civil War. Division was not just an intellectual or political buzzword, it was reality for thousands of families and communities. So if you think about it, in 1863, any talk about gratitude was really rather revolutionary when you think about it. Yet on October 3rd of that year, President Abraham Lincoln called the country to set aside the fourth Thursday in November as a day to give thanks and praise to God and to remember and care for those whose lives were upended by the divisions and violence caused by a nation at war with itself. And so 154 years later, this fourth Thursday of November is still set aside to give thanks, even as it still feels like we are in a nation at war with itself in many ways. And so even, I will admit that gratitude has been a challenge for me to hold on to. When the poet Nayira Wahid writes, all the women in me are tired. We're all tired because our country is still upended by divisions and violence, hateful speech and account after account and story after story of bodies being violated and spaces being invaded without consent. These moments in people's lives that know no statute of limitations. So in spite of that, in spite of being tired, I still believe it's worth giving thanks. Because I believe that gratitude is an act of resistance. I believe that gratitude is the first step. And maybe it's the only necessary thing that we need to practice not just say, in order to live lives guided by love for God, for our neighbors and ourselves. As a country, as a community, as human beings, we need Thursday. We need to take the day, the whole day, to sit with ourselves, with our loved ones, cook good food, eat it with others, and just talk, especially because there are others for whom all the people that make them who they are are tired. This week, with the statistics being as they are, there are a number of folks for whom these stories of sexual allegations and misconduct bring up stuff. Whether it's you or it's your loved ones, your friends, just know to be a little more aware someone a cup of coffee, hug them a little longer. We've just got a lot going on. And this is this kind of week to acknowledge we see each other, we care about each other, and we're going to take the time to still give thanks. 
because gratitude is sort of like emotional vitamin C, if you think about it. Gratitude, it boosts our relational immune system to fight off the germs of anxiety, cynicism, and fear that are all rallying to bring us down for the count so that we just stay sick and despairing. Gratitude counters that. It's a call to action, to actively resist the headlines, the breaking news bulletins and notifications on your phone. <clears throat> Turn them off, by the way. It's a good idea. It helps you resist the tweets and the Facebook posts designed to shock, further divide, and provoke a reaction that continues to alienate others rather than provide information for dialogue. Gratitude intentionally practiced changes an individual life. It's a common theme in lots of holiday stories that we're pulling out now. Authors from Dr. Seuss to Charles Dickens understood this, that gratitude has the power to change a heart that's two sizes too small and to banish ghosts of regret over the past and fear for the future by reaching out to others who can teach us that God loves everyone just as we are. Perhaps you know this to be true in your own life, how gratitude can change you. But I also think gratitude changes the character of a congregation. In fact, I think gratitude really is the foundation for worship. Gratitude is what assembles us here together each week. And we come with all the stuff that makes up our lives. With all that we're involved in, stressed out over, anxious about, and proud of. And we offer all that we are in dedication to God. We come as a whole people of God, not just to give our time, talent, and treasure, but our whole selves, our tiredness, our fragility, our deep desires for authentic community and our disappointment when that doesn't happen. Gratitude as a daily habit acknowledges the facts that life is good, that life is sometimes better than good, and that life is often not so good. And it can still call us forth in a way of being in the world and with each other. So that wherever we are, whether in the wilderness, in the land of milk and honey, or somewhere in between, gratitude reminds us that God's promises never fail. So on this day, for all the human beings in me and in you who are tired, I want to offer up again the words of Paul, but not to talk about how he calls us to praise God, but to actually praise God and give thanks to the only necessary thing, God, and gratitude for God's presence in my life and in yours. So the point is this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I praise you, O oh God, for creating all of us in your image, 
and passing on the traits of being creative in your world. I give thanks for those who sow sparingly, but sow all they have, and for those who are able from their abundance to sow abundantly. And I give thanks for the community of mutuality that results when we share from the harvests of our lives. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Thank you, God, for the ability to make our own decisions, to manage our own affairs, and to freely express our values through our choices and actions. Thank you for those who financially support our collective discernment of where the Holy Spirit is leading us. And so enable your church to move through this world and its economic structures with integrity and compassion. Thank you for those who buy their unique gifts, bring beauty, make music, and cultivate community by their willingness to share all that they are with others. And I am reluctant to share out of fear of not having enough for myself. Forgive me. For the tendencies to compel others to sacrifice so we don't have to, and for the ways we don't speak out against systems that demand the most from the least and the last, forgive us. For God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. It is from your abundant love, O oh God, that we live and move and have our being. You created us in love, by love, and for love, and call us into community so we can experience having enough and sharing from what's left over. Thank you for the times that we share. When we rely on our own strength and ability to produce and sustain our work that is not always good, forgive us. As it is written, God scatters abroad. God gives to the poor. The righteousness of the Lord endures forever. God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. For all of the ways you make something beautiful, from my confusion, brokenness, and depression, I praise you, O oh God. Make me more and more like you as I strive to make you the center of my living. For you will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. I thank you, God, for the ability and opportunity to use the space we have to create safe spaces, warm spaces, kind spaces, and sacred spaces for one another and our neighbors. For we are entertaining angels, our kindred made in your image, 
when the doors to our church and our hearts are open wide. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others. Blessed be the word made known in the world, who came to his own, but his own received him not. For in this way, God is glorified in the stranger, in the outcast, in the marginalized. Thank you for showing up in love's work clothes, making us work to love what we sometimes do not understand and fail to recognize as worthy and precious in your sight. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that God has given you. For all those who pray for me and love me, for all those who have nurtured me in faith, I give you thanks. I praise you, God, that I have the opportunity to show your grace to others and to put prayers into action with such a community of faith as Providence. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Thank you, God, for kind words, for glasses of water and fellowship meals. Thank you for cards to sign and the people to whom those cards will go. Thank you for the promise of babies and the wisdom of great-grandmothers. Thank you for airborne cough drops, and thank you for coffee. Thank you for the field personnel in the towns next door to countries around the world who heard you call and who responded, here I am. Thank you for clean water, electricity, and recycling. Thank you for our coordinating council, for Howard and Kelly, Lucy and Dave, Ashley and Kathy, and for those who are stepping up to leadership next year. Thank you for Davina and her ability to bring clarity, direction, and laughter in the office. Thank you for Annette and Robert and the choir who preach through music and song. Thank you for all those who teach our children about you. Thank you for the fresh market whose willingness to share from their abundance enables our neighbors to be very well fed. Thank you for Philip and Glenda, Artie and Josh and John and all the volunteers from our congregation and from others who minister each week through the meal next door and keep drawing your circle wide. Thank you for Herb and Carolyn, for Ruth and James and all who minister at Carolina Reserve. Thank you for hugs for laughter and for tears, for the deepening connections that happen when we gather. Thank you, God, for all the gifts that my hurried pace to live a faithful life has caused me to miss. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen.